Heavenly Father, we come to you multiple times in our lives in broken places. In times of sickness, in times of questions and hurt. But we know that you are a God who takes our broken vessels and mends them together, continues to use them to pour out your love. May we be those people who live in that love, who understand what it means to be loved, and who know that it is our job to give it back. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. So, um, last week we started uh, with a video series, and we're going to continue on for a while. We are doing this uh, for uh, five weeks. This will be uh, week number two. And, and this is for the people who come here on a regular basis. This is, this is for everybody to see what we do. Uh, but what we're doing is we're, we're, we're telling you where the money that you give goes. We don't talk about the offertory in here. We don't, uh, we don't, we're not Baptists. We don't pass the KFC chicken bucket around. Um, in fact, many of you may not know where our offertory, where, where we take an offering or that we even do. We do. Uh, these brown offertory pillars over here on uh, the sides of the CLC when you walk in, that's where we take the offering. We do it online as well because it is, you know, like the 1990s at least. Uh, we're behind the times in a lot of our technology. That was more of a shot at that. But so, so we do take an offering and we do these things. But what we don't talk about all the time is what we do. Uh, what we do with the money that we receive from you all. The money that you, um, as, as a son, as a daughter, living into your life as a disciple of Jesus, that you give to us and you trust us enough. To, uh, to take that money and to do ministry. Last week, we started here on campus with our children's ministry and the amazing things that they do. Uh, this week, we want to show you that your, your money that you give doesn't just affect the lives of kids around here. It goes across town to Asbury United Methodist Church. Hi. I'm Robert Ortiz, one of the pastors here at Asbury Church. I'm standing in our community garden that was planted by Susan Poor and a couple of volunteers to help make a difference in this community. Asbury has been around since 1948, serving the needs of this area. With your help, your faithful giving, we can continue to reach out and make a difference here in San Antonio. And it was just a few short months ago when these beds were nothing but dirt. And somebody came out and planted some seeds. And now we have beautiful flowers and and we have uh, greens and vegetables that are sprouting up from the ground. And that kind of resembles what we're doing here at Asbury. We're throwing out seeds. We're planting a vineyard. And we're reaching out to people. We're reaching out by being the hands and feet of Jesus. By letting people know how important and how special they are. That God loves them and that we love them. People like Kim and her four kids who've been attending for about two years. 
Just last week, Kim's son had an accident, and the first person she called was Pastor Janet, who not only picked up Kim and took her to the hospital, the emergency room with her son, but stayed there until it was all over, until they were ready to go home. Those are the relationships we're building. I can tell you about Jorge and Daisy, recent immigrants from Cuba who came to the U.S. with nothing more than a suitcase and the clothes on their back. They came and landed here at Asbury. And we were able to find out that they were active members in the Methodist Church in, in Cuba. And, and they didn't come just to see what they could get. They're giving back through Bible study that Daisy's teaching, through the hope of starting a Spanish service and putting us in contact with the church in Cuba to see how we can reach out across the globe and serve the needs of our brothers and sisters in a foreign land. Relationships are building all around Asbury. They're blooming just like these plants, just like these vegetables. I'm sitting here on the playground equipment donated by the children's ministry at Alamo Heights. Just a few short years ago, there weren't any children at Asbury. And now we have a growing program where Janet Weatherston is taking the kids in the neighborhood and sharing with them the good news of Jesus Christ. We have kids and parents who are active in the life of the church. Children are hearing the stories and taking part in our ministries. This past summer, we had Project Transformation here, which is a reading program for elementary age kids. We had 55 kids registered that were here every day, Monday through Friday, from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. They were improving on their reading skills. They were hearing Bible stories. They had recreation and arts and crafts. And we had volunteers from Alamo Heights come every day to read with children. The effect was that when they returned back to school, 95% of them increased in their reading levels. They didn't go back, which is traditionally what happens over the summer. They lose reading levels. They increased. And a lot of that is attributed to the volunteers who came from Alamo Heights. So I want to encourage you to continue to give of your time, your talent, and your treasure in the ministry at Alamo Heights and with the partnership at Asbury. God bless you. you've never had a chance to, uh, to meet uh, mi hermano in Cristo, Roberto, uh, you're missing out. Uh, Robert is an amazing, an amazing guy. He, uh, the, the stuff that they're doing over there at Asbury is so wonderful and powerful. As he said, it wasn't very many years ago when they didn't have any kids. The reason is because their church looked a lot like ours, if you know what I mean. But the neighborhood didn't. Um, the only people that came to that church were about nine or ten 80 and 190-year-olds. That church was dying, literally. Um, and, and, and the neighborhood around had changed, and so we entered into this partnership with Asbury and with Robert. Um, Robert is technically one of the pastors on staff at our church. He's appointed to our church, but he serves over at Asbury. 
And the stuff that he and Janet and Susan have been doing is amazing. They've been in the neighborhoods. And how many of you who are gardeners were a little bit jealous? I mean, good gracious, that was a good-looking garden, right? I'm looking across the street at ours going, huh. Um, but that just, you know, the stuff that they're doing is, is awesome. And what they do with that food, he didn't tell you what they do with that food is they give it to their people the, the, who, who need vegetables and, and fresh food. Uh, they do that. So they're doing so ama- such amazing stuff over there. And, and, uh, it, I'm so excited for them. Many of the people from our children's ministry have, have gone over there and helped for years. Our worship team has been huge in going over to Asbury and helping. In fact, Richard Zander, some of you may know. Uh, Richard, uh, he plays uh, the bass when Lawrence isn't here sometimes. He's gone over there, and it, that's his deal now. He, uh, he leads and he shepherds those, that worship team over there. Daryl has been over there. Uh, most of these people have been over there to lead worship. I've been over there and preached a few times, and, and it is just such a great community. But they couldn't do anything if it weren't for us. They just couldn't do it. They couldn't afford a pastor. They couldn't afford to keep their lights on. That church would be closed. If we didn't come in and through your generosity say, no, 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 no. the kingdom of God needs to be there. So thank you. Thank you for what you have done um, on our campus. Thank you for what you've done uh, across town uh, a little ways at uh, at Asbury. If you want more information about what goes on at Asbury, who Robert is, um, anything that goes on over there, please come talk to me. I'd be happy to share with you all that I know. And I know uh, Daryl feels the same. Uh, They're awesome. So. We've been talking about love. Uh, last week we began with what is love. Uh, and we talked about that, that love is this kind of sacri- I see some smiles. Some of you went to the song in your head too. Thank you. I was there too. What is that? Uh, but, um, but seriously, all week I was in there. Um, and, and so, yeah, what is love is this sacrificial type of thing where, uh, where when you understand truly that you are loved, you are able then to love in return. You're able to just turn around and just give it back. When you understand and when it's poured into you that you're loved, you are then able to turn around and give it right back. This week, I want to talk about um, what's not a part of love. It comes from 1 John chapter 4. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot? And if he has given us this command, and he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their brother and sister. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, you might have noticed that if you ever read along with me as I'm reading, you know that I don't read it the way that it's written on the screen ever. Um... I have a Michael Crocker translation that really runs through my head, and it's a combination of a whole bunch of different ones. And even as I'm reading, I may not say the words that I am reading. Today, however, I purposefully left out two words. And I did it because it makes me mad that they're even in there. So towards the end, verse 20 and 21, as uh, as the writer of John is talking about love, he says, those who 
who, who say, I hate a Christian brother or sister, they don't really understand what love is. Because if you are loved by God and love God, then you will love your Christian brother or sister. Now, I took out the word Christian, obviously. Now, the original didn't have it. Let's be honest, the original didn't have sister either. Uh, it was written during a time where men were the ones who you would talk about, although it was not always men who were doing the leading and doing necessarily the writing. If you look at how Jesus lived his life, Jesus didn't exclude women. In fact, there's a lot of evidence that said they were much more a part of his ministry than we have ever given women credit for. So at some point along the way, interpreters are like, hey, you know what? We should put the ladies in there. Um, and the ladies are like, if you want to come home, yes, you should. Uh, and so we added sisters in there, and, and they should be there. But then somewhere else along the line, somebody said, we need to talk about you know, loving your Christian brother and sister. And this is the important thing. No. No. See, what this also talks about, is this, this talks about fear. Fear has no place in love. Where, where love is, where God is, there should be no fear. And what does fear come from? Fear comes from uncertainty, right? It comes from uncertainty. It comes from differences in groups of people. It comes from the unknown. It comes when we stand as a community and we look at another community and we don't know what their true intentions are. And this fear comes up. And so what we do is we refuse to give them love. What we do is we withhold love from them. We do this all the time. In fact, the church has been good at this over the generations. That we single out a certain place or a certain group of people And we say, we love everyone in our community. We will love you through the good times, through the bad times. We will love you through your flaws and in your victories. We love you. There is nothing you can do to ever separate you from our love because you're in our community. But those people over there, (laughs) they're not in our community. We don't have to love them. Because it says in 1 John that you love your Christian brother and sister. Oh. What this does is, no, this sends the wrong message because if God is love, then God doesn't say God is love only to a few certain people. It doesn't say that God came to give his son so that all who would believe, it it says, for God so loved the world, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that all would believe in, in him would have eternal life and not perish. If you read the intent of that, it's so that all, God loved the world. Not just a select group of people. When Jesus sent the disciples out and us out in Matthew 28, he says, go into the world to everyone. In fact, we just finished a series not too long ago that talked about the fact that all of us, every single person who has ever been created was created in the image of God. Everyone. Some people just don't understand what it, what it means to be loved yet. Some people just don't understand what it feels like to be loved. Some people live their life in fear. And unfortunately, a lot of times, it's fear of the church. It's fear of Christianity. Because we do a good job at pointing out differences. See, love isn't an exclusive party. Love is this thing that says it's not necessarily accepting or condoning of actions, of beliefs, of other things, but it says I'm not going to condemn you for that. I'm still going to love you. 
I don't like what you're doing, and I really hope and long for you to come alongside and, and understand what it feels like to be truly loved. Think about this. You ever, you ever experienced a dog? There's a dog. Um, Daryl and Stacy have this dog, Annie, Annie Oakley. And Annie was a rescue dog, and she's a really cute dog. But wh- whomever she was rescued from wasn't a very cute person. Clearly, there was some issues there, and it was a male. Because anytime somebody shows up, like anytime I walk in the, in the door, Daryl Daryl said I was over there the other day, and he goes, "Hold on, just a second. Let me uh, make sure Annie's on her bed or outside. How come? Because if she sees you, she's going to pee, and I don't want to clean it up." <laughs> what? I love Annie, man. Annie and I had some moments, like you know, a month ago, and he's like, "Yeah, they're gone." Um, and and so for the the rest, of the, I, I was there for a while, and eventually towards the end, I mean, Annie kept running. We were outside because she, you know. And, and I had the, you know, you know me, I had the, I wanted to go Wah! like multiple times to her, um, but I didn't, I held back There's those on gravel and I just wanted to like kick gravel at her, but I didn't do that. I, I held it and, and eventually she came over to me. Like she would do the drive-by. She'd be like, what? You know, and, and then eventually I got to pet her um, and, it, and it was great. But you understand that when, when dogs get, when they get beat enough, they react, Right. You've seen this. You've seen this through animals. When, when they get beat enough, eventually they just cower anytime someone comes around. If you're told over and over and over and over again that you're not worth anything, that you're not worth love, eventually you're going to believe it. Eventually, if the message that you hear over and over again is you're not worthy of love, then you're going to start thinking, I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worth anything. If you live in a world of darkness and people say, yeah, you should be dark. You're going to stay in that world of darkness. When it's our job to bring the light. It's our job to step into those places and say, no, 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 no. I don't care what the world tells you. You are worth something and you are loved. You are worthy of love. You're loved by God who created you in his image. You're his son. You're his daughter. Has no one ever told you this before? Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. Let me tell you how how lovely you are. Let me tell you what love truly is. We have a ministry here. Jesus said love. And what happens is a bunch of girls go in to strip clubs around, to a couple of strip clubs around our town. Um, on kind of a regular basis and and they go in and basically what they do is they go into these um, these clubs and they and they tell the girls like hey we're sorry we're sorry for the things that we've said about you in the past we're sorry for um, those of us who who believe in the forgiveness and grace and mercy of Jesus Christ who stand outside of your place of business and pick at you and say that you're going to burn We're sorry for the times that we have told you that you're not worthy, that you're scum, that you're trash. We're we're sorry for the times that we have withheld our love from you. That's not who God is. That's not who Jesus was. And it shouldn't be who we are. Now, these girls don't go in there and go, I'm so proud you got this job and I hope you move up and, you know, make the center stage or something. Keep going, you know. No. No. Like, man, I'm sorry you have to be in this, in this line of work and, and maybe one day you can get out. But that's not why they're there. Why they're there is to say, even while you're here, we love you. 
Even while you're here, you are worthy. Even, even while you are here, God loves you. Let me tell you, you start hearing that message, you start being told over and over again when the world has cast you aside that you're worth something, eventually, you're going to start to believe it. Eventually, you're going to start to take that message and not just say it's some crazy people that come in from time to time. You know what? I am worth something. I am worthy of love. I am love. Imagine what happens to your life when you get that message. Imagine what happens to your life when you've lived in a world of darkness and all of a sudden light just bursts in. No matter where you are, no matter what the dark situation was, when you see the light of God, when you understand what it feels like to be loved, when somebody comes alongside who knows what it means and says, no, 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 fear isn't in here. Darkness doesn't have a place in this. This is about hope. This is about love. This is about light. Imagine the change. Imagine what it would feel like to be born again. To understand from this point forward, I'm worth something. That is love. That is how we love. Not through fear or intimidation or condemnation. Because that has no place in the love of God. And if we truly are the sons and daughters of God, if we believe what we talked about last five weeks, last four weeks, that we are created in the image of God and we are to live our lives as God lived his, then the love that we have that lives inside of us shouldn't stay inside of us. It should be bursting forth so that we can tell a story and say, hey, I know a place I know a place where you can come and get forgiveness. I know a place where you can come and feel like you're loved and accepted. I know a place, I know this place where you can come get a meal. And what this meal says is that there was a guy who lived a long time ago who you may not know, but he knows you. And he loves you. Yeah. Even you. And he said, come to me, all you who are weary Come to me, all you who are at their wit's end, who are desperate, who need to hear a voice from, some, from somebody saying, you're loved. Come to my table and eat with me. That is love. If you're assisting with communion, if you'd come forward right now, and the rest of you, if you would join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, it was the night that your son was to be betrayed that he sat around the table with his disciples. He took the bread and he raised it to heaven and he blessed God and he broke it. He said, take this, eat all of you. This is my body, which is given for you. 
After supper was over, he took the cup and he raised it to heaven and he blessed God. And he said, take this drink, all of you. This is my blood, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. And so we come this morning in remembrance of these mighty acts of salvation, of sacrifice, of grace, of mercy, of love. Remembering that mystery of faith that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray that you would make this be the body and blood of Christ for us. And that as we consume it, we would become holy and living sacrifices, redeemed by his blood, given strength through the Spirit, that as we go into this world, we may have the power to share the love of God. We thank you and praise you in his name. Amen.